0: Hey guys, today Jason and I will tell you if and when the Rolex and Patek bubble will pop. Or will be. Stay tuned. Hello! My name is Enigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Hey! What's up? <laughs> what's going on, man? Hey, Jason alright guys welcome back to another episode of The Trading Desk my name is Joshua Thanos and this is my good friend Jason Main. Eagle Montoya aka there you go hey so today we have a, uh, a pretty fun show for you some things lined up and we discuss uh, probably something that's uh, more important to most of our clients than anyone anything else but first what's on the wrist J-Bone wrist shots what you got bro something different yeah I liberated
1: the non date from the watch box Believe it or not, I uh, haven't worn this in almost two months now, I think it is. Uh, so I got that uh, Andy Digi Brightling emergency at first, was wearing oh, that, and then I got the Polar for a couple weeks, and then, uh, so yesterday, I was looking in the watch box, and I figured I'd pull this out since I haven't worn it, and it's still a great piece. Uh, this is the 114060 Rolex... Uh, what people want me to just call Submariner now, I guess, because people say there's no such thing as a non-date. Screw that. You know what? I call it a non-date. If you don't like it, uh, you call yours a Submariner. So this is the Mm -hmm. non-date. You know, just great proportions to the dial. I prefer this over the date. I've said it before. Uh, 40-millimeter case. Wears really well. It's got probably the best bracelet that exists on a stainless steel sport watch, in my opinion. And uh, if you don't have one, I think uh, you should try one. Give it a try. Yeah, that's If you can find one. Right. That's, uh, like your that's what Rolex? we're gonna talk about on this show. If you can oh, find yeah. one and
0: justify the bubble, there you go. All right, and uh, what do we got here? So I have my Panerai, Panerai 002. It's an A serial hashtag #2A. I have it on a uh, the newest addition to the Panerai setup, which is a uh, the new blue croc with uh, like a, a faded yellow, there. yeah, like a um stitching a little pin buckle i like it matches the watch i haven't worn it in quite some time because my watch collection has been growing it's actually been growing and and shrinking and growing and shrinking and now i think i have what i what i believe is kind of like a perfect collection for myself maybe we'll talk about that next show but yeah there you go uh that's my panerai 002 it's a base model and if you uh want to know the history of this watch you can watch uh, my explanation on the classroom um, episode that I did. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that was wrist shots. Uh, next up, we have trending watches. This is a great segment. So what we do is we allow you guys to look behind the curtain into our website analytics and see the most clicked on views, or clicked on watches of the week. Uh, we have uh, we spend a ton in SEO. We have uh, hundreds, thousands and thousands of clients. So we determine whether or not this is a cross-section of the of the market what people are looking at or if it's just a coincidence so let's go to the picture boom all righty some heavy so, hitters there interesting all right Jay why don't you start it off
1: yeah so number uh, five. First and foremost I hope you guys uh, see that we're taking your comments on these top five seriously so now we have some uh, some descriptions there for you so you can have something to look at as well as pictures and pricing uh, from the website so uh, yeah, let's let's talk about uh, the fifty-seven twelve R, right? Um, or that's the uh, the GR, excuse me. So the two-tone. Yeah. Uh, I well, think this
0: piece is. It's white gold and rose. Right.
1: I think this piece is service sealed, if I recall correctly. Okay. On the website, so that's a stock photo, but uh, the actual watch is service sealed on our website, which is kind of cool. Uh, so fifty-nine 2 fifty uh, two-tone white gold rose, uh, you know, probably the most popular uh, pattern watch on the world right now the nautilus case Models, yeah. uh, and this is
0: one of the few that is uh, listed for sale pre-owned uh, lo- lower, lower than, than the original retail, retail. Uh, but so what are we seeing here we see Rolex and paddock yeah what a surprise interesting these are the watches that people are looking at number four is a ladies uh, date just it's a vintage ladies date just for three thousand dollars so we always like to we we uh, yeah. surmise the reason is it's a uh, Rolex for S- three grand
1: yeah, sixty nine seventeen uh, reference. Just is that
0: right? Tiny little, you know, two tone
1: Rolex, less than three grand. Uh, oh yeah, the, everything's probably sold pretty quick. except for one.
0: Yeah, Let pull, let's pull it back. Pull back the. Uh, oh, oh, look, it's behind us. Okay, so this is new technology. Know. All right, so if you notice, everything here except the last piece is a is two tone, which is interesting because two tone traditionally has been like the third popular metal. So usually it's going to be like uh, it'll be stainless steel, then precious metal, and then two tone would be like the the third most popular, least popular right. version of 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 most watches. So we have three two tone watches: one white gold in, in rose, uh, steel and, um, steel and yellow gold, steel and yellow gold Daytona. Which by the way, probably my favorite Rolex. Uh, I know a lot of people are gonna uh, tell me I'm wrong about that. That that's a crap Rolex, but honestly, well, that you're.
1: If it's your favorite,
0: then there's yeah. really no wrong about that. Two-tone Daytona, uh, yellow gold, stainless, and a white dial is my favorite Rolex. Uh, for a long time, it has been. Uh, all right, then we got a two-tone sub as well. That's a 16613, so it's the pre-ceramic. Um, again, it's probably people are looking at that in terms of a value play because what's is funny is that a couple years ago, that was a $6,000 watch, right. fifty five dollars to $6,000 watch. Now, it's a $9,000 watch, so all boats rise. So watch that it's always been somewhat consistent but not always very strong is now growing in value and then the last uh the last or the most popular watch or the watch that was clicked on the most this week is a 31 millimeter ladies day just but actually it's a ladies president because it has a president bracelet but uh again it's you have a full ro- a full yellow gold uh rolex for seven thousand dollars that's probably the reason why that one's been clicked on so often
1: it's a pretty piece and uh Definitely has some wrist presence. I think the 31 millimeter is probably, the, you know, the thing that's revealed when people click on it, you mm-hmm. know, thinking it's a full full size, sure. but, uh, you know, 69.50, <laughs> buy it for your uh, your wife or your other woman.
0: Yeah, there you go. So I'm seeing some comments here before we get into the to the meat of the show, which will be next. Um, oh, Steve Bowden says, there is no, there is no bubble and it will not be popping. That's okay. an optimistic view. Seems like Steven is a bull. I got him. Bunch of watches to sell you. Is that right? Yeah, you should call me. Okay, cool. All right, so um, let's get to the meat of the show. Next segment will be our topic for this week, which will be the Rolex and Patek bubble. So, Jason, um, in uh, in looking at the bubble and understanding it, I think what one thing that I did, and I, I put together a little list of, of watches, to show kind of the scope of the uh of the bubble to see kind of where things were and then where things are now do we have the graphic here guys all right so here we got a list of watches mm-hmm. um, that are a good representation of what is popular you can see some some common themes here stainless steel for the most part except for the last one but yeah from brand that really doesn't make stainless watches if, in fact they don't make stainless watches um you could see a cross-section so what what I did was I went through our inventory, um, our history records, and I found confirmed sales at certain points in time uh, to show kind of where the market was and where the market is. So let's start with the Daytona, and I think that the this is it makes sense to start with the Daytona because in a lot of ways the Daytona is what kind of. Really cemented this, you know, the upswing in the in the watch value, right? Yeah,
1: definitely the catalyst to the to what we call the bubble or like the, mm-hmm. the major, you know, uh, market shift. Sure. So uh, Daytona, uh, many of you know. Uh, so we're we're talking starting like October 2017, 2017 Well, let's or ta- so. let's
0: take a step back real okay. quick. So um, I think uh, in twenty fifteen we we started noticing the uh, fifty seven eleven, the the Nautiluses, sure. or twenty sixteen roughly. Um, probably shortly after uh, an inauguration for a certain gentleman making um,
1: watches great
0: again. <laughs> making watches great again so you know there was there began an uptick in the in the economy right and then at the same time we noticed an uptick in some of the values for watches which is somewhat normal you know we've seen this you know uh the watch trading world kind of follows uh, the economy, in some ways, because you know discretionary income is used to buy these things, right? Sure. So 2016, we started noticing 5711s started going up in value. So let's pull that graphic back up again, and you can see. So for example, September 2016, okay, the uh, 5711 Nautilus was uh, we sold one for twenty five thousand two hundred and thirty five dollars, so a little bit over the list. And this was a watch that sh- for a long time, uh, so say after 2008, which was you know it was it was a nightmare right for for the entire economy including the watch world um we saw a a full recovery essentially of the economy and then you know starting roughly 2016 2015 2016 these watches paddock the nautilus was one of the strongest pieces that you could buy in terms of resale in regards to the um original retail price so it's roughly a twenty four thousand dollars retail the watch sold uh give or take depending on the time period uh at or above retail so right. we have a confirmed sale twenty five thousand two hundred thirty-five dollars in fact I think I made that sale and that was a good sale for us at that time yeah. um, today the watches are easily trading at sixty thousand dollars so that's roughly what a three and a half year period sure where you see a uh, more than uh, doubling of the watches value so that w- but that was the first one I remember started going up all right so now let's get back to the Daytona so uh, so the watch uh, the watch world value started you know inching their way up and um and watches started becoming a little bit more valuable so october 2017 paul newman a watch that belonged to him that was gifted to someone else um or i think it was gifted to him i can't remember the story uh sold at auction for the hot, the most any uh rolex ever sold i think i believe yeah i believe it was like 17.8 million dollars yeah. i believe um must so, be nice yeah <laughs> I guess there's a lot of things I'd buy for seventeen point eight million dollars. Maybe not a, an old Daytona. Yeah. All right. So that was in the headlines, not just in the Watch World, but in Forbes. It was across the right. you know, across all platforms. That was that was you know thrown out there, and people were everybody. It was a lot of a lot of it was, attention was given to this sale. Right. Right.
1: It was the first for the first time in a long time, the Watch World made other other people's headlines. Mm-hmm. you know and pe- people that don't didn't even know watches cost more than 10 grand probably we're mm-hmm. talking about a 17 million dollar watch it's right. crazy right so similar to, like i don't know a lot about art but you know a co- co- here comes a t- 2 million dollar piece of art that's this big and all of a sudden i'm talking about it so right. you know um what was cool is it kind of uh, exposed
0: the world put
1: yeah right? put watches on the map not just the daytona but watches in general and stainless steel watches that could be worth that kind of money so yeah, yeah, very very interesting to see that being the start of you know the bubble,
0: right? More or less. so, I remember these things. So yeah. uh, let's pull the graphic back up again. All right, so the Daytona. So first, the Nautilus slowly. Daytona sells seventeen for you know Paul Newman Daytona for for um, $17, 000, $17 million, and then shortly after this iteration of the watch itself, and I didn't put the ceramic detoner here on purpose because there is no... I mean, the watch never sold at retail right? other than through the retailers, but it was never trading at retail. It was always trading above, right? So you can see April 2015, this watch, we sold this watch for $9,000, and that was a good sale. The watch had a twelve-four retail, same as it does now, the ceramic bezel, and uh, it was... Um, they were it was dealers would pay between six seven and eight thousand dollars to resell them for about nine thousand dollars. And that was how the world went. And in fact, that was an example of very good value retention for sure in the watch world. So if you can buy a watch for twelve, four, maybe get a small discount at that point, and then resell it for seven to eight thousand dollars to a reseller or nine thousand to an end consumer, that was good value retention.
1: What's interesting is what I would consider the, the pre-ceramic version birthed the bubble, mm-hmm. and then the ceramic version was the first Rolex that was born in the bubble.
0: Okay, I like so that. So, like,
1: yeah, the the, f- the ceramic Rolex was the first one to, you know, to come to life and instantaneously be double retail. Yeah. So, um you know, uh, some kind of uh, poetry there yeah. in the fact that they're both Daytona. It's interesting. Say. Yeah, I yeah. like that.
0: All right, so um, the next one, the next watch that we saw, like, a, a, a moving of the market on was the was the Aquanaut. So the Aquanaut traditionally sold below retail. This is a watch that um, same as the Rolex, you know, the Nautilus was always at the top at a right around retail, was hovering maybe a little bit below depending. Um, the Aquanaut which not was not a very popular watch I believe. I yeah. mean, I remember so we I only went back to 2015. There was if we go be, uh Farther back, 2012, this watch was trading probably below $15,000, between thirteen dollars and $14,000 uh, on the resale market. So the Aquanaut, another Paddock sport watch, this was on a rubber strap. And to be honest with you, now people think of, when they think of a, like a, a watch brand, they think of their steel sport models. But Paddock is not, a st- the, they're not known for making steel sport watches, right?
1: Right. So, I mean, the, the funny thing is that... People, when you say Paddock, most people think those two watches, mm-hmm. Nautilus first, you know. Right. Um, Travel like, realistically, that, right? like, yeah, I mean, so realistically, there's, it's a very small percentage of what the brand makes is what, you know, consists of the bubble. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of Paddock models that don't trade anywhere close to the retail price. Right. Uh, and watches that are much more uh, substantial. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It just has. It just so happens that the the market trend is for these pieces, and it it just goes to show you that a three hand time only stainless steel watch, which doesn't have the same horological significance as something like an annual or perpetual perpetual calendar, sure. that d- trades over retail. It's it's it is a bubble. It can't be anything but seems like a it. bubble. because yeah. you're not buying the value proposition, for dollars. Right. Yeah. There's so the value for dollars. Not. That. I I for one. I mean, when you look at this compared to. Uh, I'm lucky enough, and a lot of people aren't, to have seen both of them side by side, a mm-hmm. Nautilus and an Aquanaut together. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I've always championed the Aquanaut. I like the case better. I like the way it fits my wrist better. Sure. Um, when all things are equal, I I like the Aquanaut better. Um, it, but it needs to live on that on that rubber band. The bracelet is not my thing for that watch. Well, but so that that
0: actually is reflected in the trading price right. because. If, a lot of a lot of times if you get the watch on a bracelet sometimes they're trading actually below the watch on a strap because people are buying that watch discarding the bracelet or saving the bracelet and having to go buy a strap and yeah. uh, a new strap and buckle which is roughly $1000. No, so we're seeing them actually trade strap below.
1: and buckle total you're looking at like $2200. The buckle and the strap each one is like uh I think, I think
0: you're wrong about that. No, I I ordered it recently
1: it was it, it's it's at least $1900 for a buckle and a strap.
0: Interesting. Okay. All right. Cuz so I I'm sold
1: wrong. I've sold two Aquanauts and ordered two sets of straps for John because it's not just the strap and the buckle; you also need the end the end links as well. There's okay. special end links that take the.
0: So I'll defer to Jason because he seems like he's very confident.
1: I'm very confident. It's all a ruse, <laughs> but you know, uh, no. But so, anyways, I mean, they're they're both pretty watches. Obviously, sure. the uh, you know the Aquanaut is kind of the stepchild for most people. Like the Nautilus is the watch, the well, steel watch. And I feel like a lot of people uh, default to the Aquanaut because it's it's like that stainless steel watch they can sure. get and not pay fifty grand for. Well, so
0: but I think that's but, for that reason, for that exact reason, what you just stated is mm-hmm. why that the Aquanaut has become more popular in my opinion than the Nautilus because number one, it's more wearable. Um, know if you're if you're going to if you want to buy uh, like an everyday wear having a watch on a strap a rubber strap actually makes a little bit more sense in my opinion because you don't have to worry about scratching up the bracelet like crazy all right so so we see uh started with the nautilus in the middle there then daytona aquanaut as well and so the next watch i want to talk about i guess would be let's do the 5980 so the 5980 this was a watch that pre-2016 or pre-2017, right. but even t- pre-2018, was actually a, not a very desirable watch. This watch sold well below the, the original retail price. It was known as being a little top-heavy. You know, uh, if you bought the watch to wear, the the actual head of the watch is is very heavy. The bracelet tapers, right. and so you have to wear it really tight on your wrist. So if you don't like to wear the watch very tight on your wrist, it does move. So well,
1: It was the fat version of the 5711. It's right. like top heavy, it's thick, it's mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. So. I like
0: to watch personally, by the way.
1: It's cool looking. I think if you're going to spend the kind of money that you're going to spend on a 5711, then the 5980 makes more sense because mm-hmm. uh, I'd rather
0: have some substance for the money. Sure. But uh, but so but what are we looking at? So we have a confirmed sale in March of 2016 uh, through, I believe this is actually through Watch You Want back okay. in, in the older days, and $39,000, which was a very good sale at that point. Right, so dealers would buy that watch for between probably thirty and thirty-five, and sell that watch between say thirty-six and thirty-nine thousand dollars. That was the normal market for that watch at that time. Today, yeah. if you search, look at Chrono Twenty Four, eBay, across all platforms with other dealers, the watch is trading right around one hundred and ten thousand dollars.
1: So also, the thirty-nine thousand dollars important to note that that's that's finding a
0: home that watch is we're living, talking about retail right prices, that watch
1: right. is living with somebody at 30 it's not liquid at 39 that was all the money then yeah that was like a good you sale. Were f- you were selling that to a customer right then yeah it yeah i want to be another dealer yeah so. i want to
0: be clear the numbers we're talking about are these are all retail prices so these are uh confirmed sales to retail customers people who wanted to wear the watch and in the you know back in the 2015 2016 some some 2017s and now what it would cost to wear that watch today all right so you can see paddock Has exploded in value I mean there's huge gulfs between what they were trading for in the in just just a few years ago and what they're trading for now all right next thing I would say uh, let's see here so the the chronometer blue so FP Jordan is a very interesting brand uh, in terms of our feelings about the brand I would say Godberg is actually somewhat responsible for the increase in value for this watch because we believed in the brand and you know, we've been lot. buying these watches, yeah. uh, we believe in the man and I think we've helped grow this brand. So the 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 CB as it's known as the chronometer blue was a watch that $22,000 retail which was a watch? Was you can very you can easily get this watch for below retail trading, and you could probably even get a small discount if you were buying it directly from Jorn um, back, you know, 2015, 2016. So we have a confirmed sale in January 2015, sale to a customer. We made this uh, sale at eighteen thousand dollars for it for a good condition, a mint condition box and papers, uh, CB. Today, if you want to buy one, you're spending north of thirty thousand dollars. So it's still production piece and let me see here so let's go back real quick uh the watches that have been discontinued so far on this list are going to be the daytona at the at the far end um the 5980 steel has been discontinued the fifteen four hundred blue which probably the last one we talk about the snoopy i guess because it's a limited run you would call that discontinued discontinued, Uh, so those are the watches that are discontinued but the 5711 production piece 5167A, production piece, and the CB is also a production piece. So so never before have we really seen production pieces, not like um, application pieces, but these are real production pieces well above their list price. So uh, January 2015, that watch found at home for $18,000. Seems reasonable, made of tantalum, very hard to make the watch, those dials you know you're getting a boutique manufacturer at that time they were making probably six to seven hundred watches a year and they weren't known as well as they as they are now and but you're getting a time only with sub seconds watch no date eighteen thousand dollars today if you want to wear that watch you're paying more than thirty thousand dollars
1: yeah i mean if you and then so if you are looking for a 2015 variation with the older dial, mm-hmm. you're you're definitely paying 30 grand. You're probably you know. Up you think the, people are still noticing shop. that now? that yeah, there's so there two different dials. I I feel like I've I've at least talked to two or three people who are could get a CV for a certain amount of, but they don't want the newest dial. They want the older dial because mm-hmm. there is definitely a distinction between the two. Um, I think that the part of the story of that is how, of why this watch is as expensive it is as it is mm-hmm. is the dial production. Obviously, sure. we all know. And that's what made the watch super hot. So having the pre-dial versus the in-house Jordan dial makes makes it kind of a cool story. Um, You know, we could talk all day as to whether or not the watch is worth $30,000, but, you know, we're doing a show against the bubble concept,
0: so I would say not. Well, in my opinion, if I'll add, out of all these watches on the table or on the screen here, I would say in terms of... Their market price and value for dollars, I think the CB might be the, the best one. You get the highest level of finishing, the lowest production uh, pieces, and uh, you know, a, a very hard, I guess, I don't know if tantalum is a rare metal, but it's extremely hard to work with. If you want to get that watch refinished, so if you decide to scratch that watch up and want to get it refinished, I think it's six to nine months at the, at the factory in Jordan. And when, we went, when I went to go visit there with Tim, there's literally one room. That has all the equipment. It's like eight machines that are used to refinish just the CV, just the tantalum. Yeah. And it's one guy. He sits there, and every day he'll do a little bit more to refinish. So
1: and now they have a uh, – they released a tantalum buckle,
0: the oh, point buckle right. for this watch. The which, point buckle.
1: Which is Whew. weird to me. It's, it's very expensive, but it's weird to me because that's – the tantalum is is uh, easily marble. So that's the one
0: – you is can what? mark it up. It's oh, marble.
1: So you can mark wow. it up.
0: It's an interesting word
1: very easily so to make it a deployment buckle out of it is is ballsy
0: yeah is it brittle at all i wonder
1: uh it's it's not brittle. Like, it's like ceramic it's, no it won't crack because it's metal alloy but it will uh leave a nasty and you uh, know a lot about
0: tantalum don't you jason
1: uh I you sold. you have any knives
0: made of tantalum jason no
1: but um oh. th- what's the uh the tantalum panera? i forget the, the, 192. Reference. the 192. so i sold uh How do I know one that? of the why but do I know that? Probably You're just that. the greatest. Um the only person I saw one of the original 192 straight from straight from new.
0: Oh, that's nice, Jason. Yeah. All right. So that's before people knew what tantalum was. Really? You were the only one. I I knew. Yeah. You know a lot of things, Jason. Yeah, 192. Okay, good. I was right. All right. Um all right. Oh, I want to give a shout-out to my boy Shelby in the comments. Thanks for sticking up for me and also F.P. Jorn. It's as if maybe you own one of those watches or something. Who knows? Hmm.
1: Okay. We all, all know right. which watch Shelby prefers on our wrist, though.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> right. He's got the Note 8 up. Oh, jeez. What's up, oh, What's up All right. So the last two watches on the list, if we pull up the, the um, graphic again. So we see the uh, – all right. So the Royal Oak is one that's interesting, and it, it the bubble – so it's a little bit different, right? So they changed the way that they're doing their uh, they're doing business, which affected the the brand equity a lot. Right. So they got like a double push, right? So this is a boutique only fifteen four hundred, which is the previous version now discontinued. Blue dial, uh, time and date, automatic. Uh It's, pretty, it's not a fully in house movement, I don't believe. Um, Forty one millimeter stainless steel watch. Again, uh, this this watch comes in what I guess four variants. It has the blue. As the silver, the black, and the ruthenium dials all discontinued, but the blue has always been only boutique-only, whereas right. now essentially all their watches are boutique-only. So uh, that watch was a December 2016 sale, 15.5. And if you go back farther, like 2012, it was even lower. You find that watch sure. uh, on the resale market around around 12,000. It's a 17.8 retail um, from AP. So the retail was seventeen thousand eight hundred dollars, and the watch would sell just below retail at fifteen five would be you know what you'd have to shell out in order to wear the watch. Today you got to spend twenty eight thousand dollars to wear that watch. These are worth twenty eight thousand dollars. I don't think so. If you're spending the same money, so if you got roughly thirty thousand dollars to spend, are you buying the Jorn or are you buying the AP? I'm buying the Jorn. I think you are. Yeah. I think there's still value for dollars there, whereas in the AP, it's 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 just I mean now it's just a status. Especially piece.
1: with the where the company's at right now and the uncertainty to whether or not this new boutique vertical strategy is going to work. There's a lot of, you know, people on the edge. Sure. Um, there's a lot of people that are waiting to see what's going to happen with the 15500. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people that are holding off for the 38 millimeter chronograph. So, you know, I don't know that the 15400 uh, blue, like how much more you have to pay for the blue one versus a black um, makes sense.
0: But sure, absolutely. And I just want to correct. So, uh, uh, Russell, where is he? Russell Washington asked, uh, "Isn't the tantalum panerai the one seventy two? They both are. So, I, and I, if I have to guess, you, I think you did mention you were talking about the first yeah. tantalum panerai. So, yes, that would be a correction. It's a one seventy two, which is the non chrono, which is the time only. The one ninety two is a um, is a chrono. Chrono. Yeah. All right, both made of of tantalum. And why you'd want a huge hunk of basically unpolishable tantalum on your wrist? It's very heavy. I don't know. I love Panerai, you, but it makes make you some, dive it, faster. Right? You got an anchor on your wrist. That's like having like a huge gold Panerai, which I, I actually have 511. a five spe- eleven. Yeah, nice. But um, Panerai makes some interesting choices. Um, there's nothing they could do to to kind of kill my love for Panerai. They can. They could. What they could do <laughs> start making is a re-release
1: a Bronzo that they're going to produce every year in some kind of brown dial color, and then just make a bunch of them. That, that no, they to, would
0: never do something like that. Yeah, that'd be weird. All right, and then the last watch we're going to talk about uh, in terms of putting the scope of the bubble is the Omega Snoopy. So even Omega has profited from this situation. And why this watch became a $25,000 watch, no effing clue. It's a Speedmaster. It's got Snoopy. We all love Snoopy. In fact, I I just got a new puppy. We call him Snoopy. We love Snoopy. That watch is not worth $25,000, unless you're an Omega collector. Um, but So that was a watch, if you pull the graphic back up again, that was a watch that in 2017, we so it's a $7,500 retail. 2017 confirmed sale, actually I made this sale to a friend of mine. We're going to call him Michael, because that's his name. <laughs> Paid $13,500 for that watch. I think he sold it, ended up selling it like a month later for $13,000. So it cost him five hundred dollars to own it. If he had only held it on, held on to that yeah. watch for a little bit more, he would have made some money on that thing. But so in May twenty seventeen, so the watch was re released, caught fire. Uh, how many did they make? It was like 19, uh, uh, 1969
1: or something. Yeah, like that. it was yeah nineteen sixty nine. The year. Yeah, of, sure, uh, sure about that, Jason? You have conviction. Pretty Sure,
0: not as uh, not as much as earlier in the so, show. So it's probably wrong. All right, so <laughs> so it was uh, I guess a limited edition omega which means two thousand of them were made roughly well,
1: that means you know every year we get a limited edition. right we get it, half it, a dozen limited edition omega so we the, don't know which ones are going to go up but the for whatever is, reason this yeah, one exploded this guy. one stuck um special shout out to a uh, friend of ours cq oh yeah who oh, uh, yeah has the,
0: a horrible story about this watch so but. his story was this he had a chance to buy one of these watches at dealer cost okay from,
1: from the person he so, was working from at well the time well
0: less than the $7500 retail price he had a chance and he says eh don't like it well what a bottom a car that he needs probably so um, so that's the last watch we're seeing that i mean this is the scope of the bubble all right you can call it a bubble you don't have to call it a bubble whatever it is it's a massive increase in value of for the most part, stainless steel sport watches. I did right?
1: see in the comments real quick. I just want to uh, show me your dog. It it pulled up. You leave my dog uh, alone. Way too fast. But somebody was saying that the Snoopy is collectible, not a bubble watch.
0: Okay. So that's I why the see price.
1: That. Now Maybe. I won't disagree with you on that. But what I will say is the bubble, or whatever you want to call it, the fluctuation in the market, the bubble, is what opened the concept to people paying these kind of numbers over retail. Yeah um for stainless steel watches right so if rolex wasn't up if ap wasn't up if paddock wasn't up if all these stainless steel watches weren't crazy don't think that that watch is where it is now but hey it's a uh i don't know it should come with a bracelet
0: oh i've seen the watch on a bracelet yeah it's actually fantastic actually my friend michael who purchased this watch put the watch on a bracelet. As a matter of fact there's a, a lot of people don't know there's a Snoopy before this Snoopy oh yes which I actually like better than this one Well that was a watch that when this Snoopy was released you could buy online easily anywhere you wanted for about $3500 now it's a $15,000 watch Yeah
1: well last time I saw
0: it which
1: was a while ago they were like $9800 so, so hold
0: on so let's let's let me address that then so if the Snoopy is collectible I guess because it's limited so now is the 5980 collectible is the uh the uh 116520 collectible because it's been well, know, it's it's well, limited? Or neither is the 15, one of those were,
1: collectible? Neither one of those were numbered. Oh, I see what he's saying. But I at the same time, n- 10% of numbered limited edition panor- uh, Omegas stick. Not even. You know? And all the other ones fall by the wayside. Look at what the Ultraman is doing right now. You know, and that's the the most recent. The, the new no, CK2998. I know. I'm saying like like they, they didn't stick. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. yeah so the sure fact me. that this stuck just, just means it's the rare bird. You know, mm-hmm. I, Though, it's cool. It's it's when you look at the watch, it's I feel like it's the type well, I'm kinda like this with all Speedmasters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's the kind of watch that I'd be like, all right, it's really cool, I like it, but it's not worth owning for twenty grand. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just well hard it depends. Justify. If it's,
0: a of a, uh, if it's uh, part of a larger collection sure. If you're I can a completionist, that. I guess. But wow, completionist. Well is that is that an indictment of my character, Jason? <laughs> all right. Um so question now. Do we want to talk about if the bubble will pop? Or do you want to end the show right now, Jason? Uh. <laughs> so, will the bubble pop? Um. So I think. What do you think it'll be tied to? If, if, and when it pops, or say, say it's a slow release of air out of this bubble. Um. I
1: think. When that, will it happen? Yeah. So I think the thing that started the bubble, uh, it ends the bubble.
0: Is that Jason? Uh, just economic.
1: Donald? Yeah. Just economic influx. So you start looking at stuff like, you know, we've talked before about like stock market and the bond market. Sure. And, you know, what's going to happen to discretionary spending and, mm-hmm. and income and people get scared. And uh, even if you are a 1% type guy, right, and you have, you know, untapped funds, you're still going to take note like of you. the market.
0: A rich guy like you. Yeah, it's
1: definitely me. Uh, you're still going to take note of the market, right? Sure. Because if you have the money, you're going to take advantage mm-hmm. of the market. Sure. So you're going to stop spending. You're going to stop spending crazy money on watches. You're going to wait six months until everything's cheap. So I think that you're probably,
0: you know, I, Hold don't, on. Know. I don't want to start send... Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. Is Vacheron Constantine the brand in the chat box right now? There's someone named Vacheron Constantine with the Vacheron uh, uh, logo. I would venture to guess not. No, sure. no, no, no. I'm going to pretend that that is actually Vacheron Constantine. Hey, guys, send me a free watch.
1: All right, sorry. So what were you saying? No, just... <laughs> He was the best. Yeah, that's definitely not a Vashenark um, <laughs> Because you just lost all credibility there. Um, no, so I just, I think so, okay, that market fluctuation is trip. basically going to take care of the bubble. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I would imagine that's
0: probably in the next 18 months or so. So, okay. So, if and when the bubble pops. So, say it's tied to the economy. People have less discretionary income to spend on these things and the prices stop going up. Right? That will be... That will be that will signify, I guess, like uh, the beginning of the bubble popping. How low do you think it goes? Do you think this set like a new high water mark that will that, or does this go back to where it was before? It goes below, or does it stay at a at a like a higher level?
1: I think they they stay at a higher level because okay. you've now reestablished uh you know a baseline for what the watch's all time high was, mm-hmm. right? But you know, so do they drop back to where they were? Five years ago, I don't think so. I think you probably, you're probably looking at like a 40% reduction. You probably retain 10 or 15% over where they
0: were five years ago. So, which one of these watches will sell below the original retail again, if you had to guess?
1: That'd be tough. Uh, first, I would say the 15,400. Um, just okay. because my uh, thought process there is that I feel like of everything that's there, AP is the most susceptible to brand failure. Yeah. So... Well, 1159s have not really shipped yet, have they? Well, not only that alone, but, like, I talked about the structure of the company. So I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, go bankrupt or anything, but I do think they're going to be subject to more criticism and more scrutiny. So of everything that's there, like, you, you can't, like, the uh, Snoopy will never sell for $7,500, right? It's never going to go back down that low. Um, How low? If you
0: make a prediction right now nine on grand. the spot. So you think it'll be a nine thousand dollar watch? Yeah, I think it'll be more than that. But I think, think it'll be. I think more nine than is 10. safe. Ten to twelve. Yeah, I can see it going down. I mean, if if you're gonna point
1: your finger at it and say make a prediction right now, make a prediction I'm right gonna go now. safe, and I think nine grand is safe.
0: You're always trying to be. You're a prepper. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. So here, let's go along the, along the. uh Let's sure. make predictions here. All right. So Snoopy, pull that you think graphic back up or? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. People have been staring at this graphic. So uh, the Snoopy, you think it'll be below ten? I'd say it's over ten, less than fifteen. Okay. All right. What about the CB? Uh, How much I, think, of-
1: I think the CB. So I guess it really depends on if it's still made and what the what iteration it is when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think it's probably back down to like a something reasonable, like above 20, retail,
0: Twenty-one grand, something like that. So you think it'll go? It'll trade below retail, just slightly. So I believe that based on few factors, that is, you know, the the brand only makes nine hundred watches a year. The brand uh, awareness is still growing. Mm-hmm. Like we think, everybody knows about F.P. Journe, but nobody knows about F.P. Right. Jorn. So as the brand it's, gets it's a little a bit more count. popular, yeah. if, if it keeps moving, I'd say the watch is always ever going to trade probably right around the mid twenties. Um, but I could see it staying at in the thirty thousand dollars range uh, because the. In my opinion, I think the people who buy that watch, for the most part, are not scrunching together their last few dollars to get that watch. Right, right? that's not a yeah, Rolex to, to flashy. They're not going flashy, right? So, guys who are buying that are watch guys. Whereas maybe the Rolexes and the Paddocks and and the APs, you have people who aren't watch guys. People who are speculating, they're buying, thinking that the the, the value is going up, and they don't really even care about watches. One, I think that's where you're getting.
1: Yeah, I can see that, that being, uh, you know, the brand being presented being an option. But also, we have to remember, uh, blue is been popular for a long time sure so it's also based on fashion too so blue could be on okay. its way out makes sense which a lot of people think is and if that's a year from now or two years from now that could be an effect too sure i got you so All if right. we see like a cb with a green dial
0: or something like that Ooh, you would like that wouldn't that you jason would awesome od green to wear in the woods I'll, uh, after the apocalypse yeah with a night with a tantalum knife in, knife in your mouth trees, Let's see? Great so imagination. I have a great imagination. All right, it's all those drugs I do. So, uh, did we talk about the 15400? We did. So, what do you what do you think? Where do you think that's going to go? Uh,
1: I think it I mean, so if the 15500 is very successful and mm-hmm. I see the I see the 15400 staying very strong.
0: Okay, I agree with you. All right. Um, next one 5711. So, first of all, do you think in the next two years they discontinue that watch? I think, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so right now it's a $29,000 retail. Do you think it ever go, it's trades below retail ever again? Probably not. Maybe not in our lifetimes. Not, not in any type of foreseeable future. Um, I think that at $60,000, or there was one that sold at auction, I don't even want to bring it up because it's, it makes me sick, a $69,000 auction result. Whew. It's like, what? like, dude, I understand if you want the watch, and maybe you're made of money. There's just no reason to spend seventy. But that's the type of dude that launch. like outbids himself. Yeah, maybe. You know, like he's that's just... a, that's a guy who's a lot of fun, and we're gonna go to Dubai together, getting all <laughs> and do unspeakable things together. So, um, do I think it probably goes back down? Maybe I could see it trading maybe thirty-five, forty thousand dollars. I don't know. It's got the, the the market price. I hate to say it this way, but the market price is actually kind of soured me on the watch itself. Yeah. All right. fifty-nine eighty steel already been discontinued $110,000 uh market price right now. Where does that go, Jay?
1: Uh I think it drops probably somewhere in the 85s, really 90s. I my gut says it th- ends 100... up
0: being a $150,000 watch in one day, yeah. which is still more than market price but well less 110 than 110 for
1: now. that watch is just astronomically odd number to me. It's it's hmm. one of those
0: pieces that's like people are chasing it. It's crazy, dude. Right. Yeah. It just I mean it's a cool watch is it $110,000 cool not for me bro but also I don't have $110,000 to spend on a watch so I guess I'm it's not really my uh,
1: I mean I don't think we're buying my
0: place to talk about you
1: or I are buying any of these anytime soon
0: hey you watch your mouth I'll buy that Daytona so actually I love that Daytona I like the two-tone version which sells below retail so so you um, won't buy it (laughs) I will not buy that watch Jason you've corrected me so the Aquanaut right now sells for roughly $30,000 maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit less 18750 retail or did they raise that retail? I can't remember. I, I think, think they it, might have raised yeah, it. Yeah, I think it did raise. So it's over twenty retail maybe. Does that ever sell at or below retail?
1: Uh yeah, I could see it coming back down to selling like maybe a slight premium, maybe like
0: a thousand dollars over retail. Somebody's like asking what the best strip club in Dubai is. I think maybe there's no strip clubs in Dubai because of the religious restrictions. So let's uh let's reword that Miami. <laughs> Same thing, Miami. All right, so sorry I interrupted you. The uh uh the aquanaut you think that where does that go? I think uh, after a while you start seeing that sell still for a slight premium, but somewhere like a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars over still retail. Like low twenties. Yeah. All right. The last one on the list, and the one that's would that we have the best chance of obtaining would be the Rolex movement uh, 116520, Right. All stainless stainless bezel Daytona. Right now. It's as high as 18 thousand dollars which like just two weeks ago they were 15 so like, right. this is just shooting up and discontinued where no <laughs> discontinued where do we go with that
1: uh I think this watch remains pretty pretty strong mm-hmm. um we've seen a watch that's much older than this like the el primeros' oh, stay God. very strong
0: dude well th- um, again so, so we didn't talk about the el, el primeros so we talked about that for 10 seconds here. El Primero's used to be nobody gave a shit that they were had they they had Zenith movements because by the way I can buy a chronograph with an El Primero movement uh, for $2,500 Jason so can you so can you Um, but you know obviously it's Rolex and people look for you know different uh, they're looking for um, something that makes it special something that makes it special there you go so but those watches used to trade five years ago man those would trade below the, the Rolex movement models. Nobody right. gave a shit that yeah, it was... because yeah, five that years ago,
1: they wanted the newest one possible. Exactly. And now you want the oldest one possible.
0: It's, right. It's, yeah. Oh, we got Watch Doctor, knows what he's talking about. That's right, buddy. Uh, Dean's Gold, I think, is like the spot to go to now because uh, Scarlett's is 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 no good and neither's Tootsie's. Um, uh, so the, the Daytona right now trades for 18. Does that go over 20? I hope not. Uh,
1: I don't know. I guess so we'll see what happens with the all-in bubble Mm -hmm. and if the ceramics uh the ceramics will definitely come down after a while and i think that'll affect some of these i think the el primero is untouchable sure um i think this piece will stay strong Mm -hmm. but
0: it'll fluctuate a little bit right oh sorry by the way i got distracted before zeniths are selling at twenty five thousand and above right now those are watches that used to sell for seven eight nine thousand dollars right so we see what happened here. We have the scope of the of the bubble. We kind of took you through the history of of you know where these things used to trade at, where they trade at now. Our thoughts are it will certainly have to come down. When we don't know. I guess uh, election results will certainly be a uh, a factor. So you know, vote accordingly. I, think, uh, I guess depending on who uh, who you like there, buddy, and uh, what you're looking for. But um, I think that'll be that'll be a factor. I think stock market um also you know i think that there's a little bit of fatigue in terms of you know price fatigue people are are a little bit tired of seeing you know well i thought they would be a little bit tired of seeing uh 5711 sell for insane amounts of money because I, I was wrong Sixty nine thousand dollars sale price but for all of our sake i i mean it's fun to see these things go up in value like like a rocket right but I'd like them to go down a little bit so it's kind of stressful for us i you know? think
1: yeah not only that but for the health of the market in the long term mm-hmm. and getting more people involved and and having you know it still remains something fun and a hobby mm-hmm. i think that the market correction is necessary and will it hurt a little bit at first yes i mean it's going to hurt everybody mm-hmm. um mostly you know smaller dealers at first but sure. For the market to be, you know, fun and enjoyable for the next 10, 15 years and mm-hmm. make the industry viable, I think it has to happen. Otherwise, we're just burning way too hot, way too quick. And right. uh, it just you end up...
0: They're becoming unattainable for anybody, per, even for the rich guys. Right, so like 80%
1: of the guys that are buying these wouldn't be so if it was... You know what I mean? Like, they're just going to burn themselves out. So maybe two years from now, they're just not into watches because it's not fun anymore. So mm-hmm. the
0: market needs to correct. Rich, um, uh, so one last thing, and we'll, we'll go ahead and end this show because our producer is... Uh, chugging vodka behind the camera here getting ready for for his night out Um, rich buddy says if there's a bad economy that only means that brands like Rolex will only produce less a bad economy will not affect prices so one thing about Rolex you have to know is that they don't like this bubble people are like oh Rolex is withholding inventory or they're making less this is not true they're making as many watches as they have ever made they don't base their they don't base production and distribution on the current market they never have if there's one brand that does not
1: care about what anybody else thinks outside of the brand, mm-hmm. it's Rolex.
0: Yeah. They do what they want when they want. Oh, People are getting upset because I mentioned socialism, which I don't think I did. Hey, guys. Um,
1: I'm not sure that you... I don't recall If you're getting your it, panties but... in a
0: wad, make sure to tune in next week. All right, guys. We're done. Don't forget to subscribe. We're at 74,000 subscriptions, guys. We want to get to 75. You know why? I don't care. But subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have, uh, if you want to learn, actually learn things, from somebody who knows what he's talking about, go to the Watchbox Reviews. Tim will show you every watch there is. Um, he's doing reviews on Debethune today, which we love, and we're all in on Debitune. Awesome stuff. Um, subscribe to our channel. Check us out on Facebook. Jason finally has an Instagram. It's called Evo underscore watches. Good job, Jason. There you go. So he needs a few followers. I think he's got like 10 or 11 now. So let's get him up to 15. Um, follow me. I'm Mr. Thanos at Mr. Thanos. You can, oh, hey, you can uh, check us out on uh, Facebook as well, you can get us on uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, you can get us.